Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Dreamers Succeed podcast. It is a solo cast today coming to you just a couple of days before the happiest day of the year for so many, which is Christmas. And as we get into this, got into this holiday season, especially given the year that 2020 has been, uh, I think a lot of people have been very reflective. A lot of people have really been focusing not only on, on the year that we just had, but on what really matters, especially as we get into this holiday season. A lot of talk about giving, a lot of talk about what's important, a lot of talk about gratitude. And I shared a story the other day, I did a presentation uh, just about giving and what that means to me. And I remember recounting, I can still remember waking to the smell of the pine that enveloped the entire two bed, one bath apartment the eight of us lived in during my first six years of life. As I made my way to the Christmas tree with my cousins one Christmas morning, we noticed four neatly wrapped presents, one for each of us. I was four at the time and carefully unwrapped a box of eight Crayola crayons and a coloring book. I was thrilled my very own box of crayons. I don't remember exactly how long it took me to get through all the pages of that coloring book, but I would imagine it didn't take very long at all. There was a stuffed animal the following year. There was a baby Christie doll the year after that, and the rest are somewhat of a blur. All I remember was that it was always a single gift. Every one of them probably a stretch for my Santa given the economics that we grew up in early on as first-generation Americans born to Cuban immigrant parents. So I shared some of these Christmas morning stories with my friend Mari. Now, we've known each other for 40 years, and a couple of weeks ago, we filled two SUVs with boxes and bags full of toys collected as part of a toy drive that we helped orchestrate. You see, the Caring Place here in South Florida serves both the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. They had not had as much need in our community as they have had this year in a very long time. And given what 2020 has been, no one should be surprised. They had an unprecedented 609 families this year in desperate need of toys. So we made our way to their Miami office to deliver what they described as a mountain of toys. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that no child should wake up on Christmas morning and not have something waiting for them under the tree, in my opinion. We had the pleasure of volunteering this past weekend at a drive where these families were actually going to come and collect these toys. And, and there was, there was food distribution. They, everyone left with, with a Christmas tree so that they could put these toys under. And it was just a beautiful event. Again, beautiful on the side of so many people that came forward and showed up for these kids who might otherwise have gone without, but also being able to participate in, in, you know, interacting with the the actual recipients of that labor of love uh, put together by The Caring Place. It was just a wonderful event, beautiful to see the smiles on on the children's faces for those people who did bring their children along. Uh, There was a Santa waiting for them at the end of the drive, and because of COVID, they did it as as a drive 
by event, which was very well orchestrated, very well organized. And I was just in awe of, of everything that they were able to put together. Now, Maddie and I chatted a bit about some of those Christmas morning stories, you know, as, as we were working through these volunteer events, uh, really thinking about how blessed we are, like, and how blessed we are that our children will never have to know what it's like not to have almost too many toys waiting for them under the tree on Christmas morning, right? We talked about how we've never taken that for granted because given the circumstances and, and the way that we grew up, but sort of wondered if our children could even really grasp what that concept was like. You know, if not because of our intention to expose them to generosity and to show them that they can make a difference to those less fortunate, you know, would they even have a clue that that really exists? And I'm asking that question uh, rhetorically, but also for you to think about that. You know, how much do our children understand that it's not all, not everyone lives the way that we live, right? And, and for, I always say that every child or teenager should, should you know, visit a country or, or go on a mission trip, even if it's here. I mean, we, we have the need here in, in, our, in our country, but if they can travel and see and really get their, their into the thick of, of what it is to help, I think that it will expose them from an early age to, to what is possible when we put ourselves sort of in giving mode. And as I thought about how I grew up and, and how that made my pendulum swing all the way to the other side when I became a mom, you know, I wanted to make sure that my children never felt what I felt. And it's, I wouldn't trade my childhood for anything in the world. We didn't realize it at the time that we grew up with less than most, but I really wa wanted to be intentional about giving my kids, as we all do, what we didn't have. And I wanted to make sure that they had under the tree what perhaps I wish I'd had growing up. And I remember hurting for my mom on certain Christmases. You know, she lived with us as well. And, you know, thinking, you know, she probably wished she could have done the same for me. And, and she just simply couldn't. She was a single mom and, and, and the means were just not there. So I realized in those early stages of motherhood that it's, it's far more important what we put under the tree than what we receive under the tree. So naturally, because of that, I needed to figure out a way to instill that in my children and, and be careful with what that might do. So for their eighth birthdays, both of my kids received the gift of volunteering. That was the youngest they could be to participate in, in most events. And I wanted to make sure that this became a normal way of life for them, starting as young as possible. So every year we volunteered at different events. It was beach cleanups and botanical gardens and homeless shelters and children's foster centers. And we had a, a vast array of volunteer opportunities, but every year we volunteered at Broward Outreach Homeless Shelter on Thanksgiving day. And what they would do was they would close down a couple of city blocks and serve a sit down Thanksgiving dinner to their residents. They were waited on hand and foot and they were always really great events. And one year, the coordinator set up a Christmas tree where the residents of the shelter created construction paper angels 
which hung from the branches of that tree, much like you see in the angel uh, trees that you see at the mall, with a list of possible items that might be a good fit for them. So my angel belonged to Rhonda, and I could barely make out the list of her options, which said things like, you know, underwear size eight, nurse shoes, nurse style shoes, size nine for working cleaning houses. Um, okay, if used, she had uh, written down. She wanted a Christmas music cassette or a calling card to call her son who was about to have a baby. Now, the reason I say I could barely make out what she wrote was because she'd crossed up every item and simply wrote in a stuffed teddy bear for my new grandson. So I'm reading this and I start bawling and my kids are asking me what was wrong. And, you know, I thought about this is a one shot of her getting something that she could call her own and she was willing to bypass it this year. So I was extremely inspired by her generosity and I broke the one gift rule. We were only supposed to pick one thing from the angel and I got her everything on her list, including enough goodies that she could spoil her new grandbaby with. So of course that meant that my kids were also allowed to break the one gift rule for their angels. And, and it became sort of a habit. If we, if we got a list or something with options, we usually ended up trying to get everything on the list. So what I realized is that guys were born with only two fears and one giant, enormous heart filled with generosity. That's why it feels so much better to give than to receive. That's why we get so much more excited when we find that perfect gift for someone than we ever will about receiving the perfect gift. That's just how we're programmed. That's how we're born. It's in our DNA. And I know you're listening to me and you're thinking, man, I know some real assholes. But you know what? They had to learn to be assholes. That's not natural. That's not how they were born. So that's why what we put under the tree is far more important than what we have waiting for us under the tree. Now, last week, my granddaughter, Chloe, asked me if we could go buy crayons. So she found this giant tub of 164 crayons at Target, all colors, all shades, some glitter, some metallic, and all brand new. And as she went through it and emptied the individual boxes to make one giant, beautiful, colorful mess in that tub, I told her stories my mom shared about how as children, anytime her and her sisters would get new crowns, they'd keep them in one of my grandfather's empty cigar boxes. And they'd cut them in half so that it appeared that there were a lot more crayons than there actually were. So Chloe starts reminding me of how often my mom would sit next to her teaching her how to color within the lines, how much she enjoyed that and how much Chloe missed spending that time with my mom now that she's gone. And then I remembered how often my mom would lay on the floor surrounded by coloring books and crayons with my own children, including Chloe's mom, and, and how they just loved every minute of it. And for the last couple of Christmases and Mother's Days and her birthdays, my cousins and I gifted my mom adult coloring books and pencil crayons, which she loved. It was just something that she loved. And it occurred to me that while many people, myself included, might think, oh, that poor four-year-old child who only received the coloring book and crayons under the tree, in hindsight, I realized that my Santa didn't gift that to me because she couldn't afford anything else necessarily. She gifted that because that's what she loved and would have probably wanted to see under her tree for herself at some point. 
You know, she taught me without even realizing that what we put under the tree literally or figuratively or metaphorically will always be more important than what we receive under the tree. I, I read a great story as well this week from one of my all-time favorites, which is Katherine Hepburn. I've tried to read everything I can get my hands on on her ever since I can remember. And in her own words, this is her story. Once when I was a teenager, my father and I were standing in line to buy tickets for the circus. Finally, there was only one other family between us and the ticket counter. This family made a big impression on me because there were eight children, all probably under the age of 12. The way they were dressed, you could tell they didn't have a lot of money, but their clothes were neat and clean. The children were well-behaved, all of them standing in line two by two behind their parents holding hands. They were excitedly jabbering about the clowns, animals, and all the acts they would be seeing that night. By their excitement, you could sense they had never been to the circus before. It would be the highlight of their lives. The father and mother were at the head of the pack, standing proud as can be. The mother was holding her husband's hand, looking up at him as if to say, you are my knight in shining armor. He was smiling and enjoying seeing his family happy. The ticket lady asked the man how many tickets he wanted. He proudly responded, I'd like to buy eight children's tickets and two adult tickets, please, so that I can take my family to the circus. The ticket lady stated the price. The man's wife let go of his hand. Her head dropped. The man's lip began to quiver. Then he leaned a little closer and asked, how much did you say? The ticket lady again stated the price. The man did not have enough money. He was, how was he supposed to turn around and tell his eight kids that he didn't have enough money to take them to the circus? Seeing what was going on, my dad reached into his pocket, pulled out a $20 bill and dropped it on the ground. We were not wealthy in any sense of the word. My father bent down, picked up the $20 bill, tapped the man on the shoulder and said, excuse me, sir, this fell out of your pocket. The man understood what was going on. He wasn't begging for a handout, but certainly appreciated the help in a desperate, heartbreaking and embarrassing situation. He looked straight into my dad's eyes, took my dad's hand in both of his, squeezed tightly onto the $20 bill and with his lips quivering and a tear streaming down his cheek, he replied, thank you, thank you, sir. This really means a lot to me and my family. My father and I went back to our car and drove home. The $20 that my dad gave away is what we were going to buy our own tickets with. Although we didn't get to see the circus that night, we both felt a joy inside us that was far greater than seeing the circus could ever provide. That day, I learned the value of giving. The giver is bigger than the receiver. If you want to be large, larger than life, learn to give. Love has nothing to do with what you are expecting to get, only with what you are expecting to give, which is everything. The importance of giving, blessing others, can never be overemphasized because there's always joy in giving. Learn to make someone happy by acts of giving. Catherine Hepburn. Now, is that one of the most beautiful displays of what it is to give, to give selflessly 
and to understand that as givers, we receive the greatest gift because as she mentioned, they left feeling better than they would have ever felt if they had been there and enjoyed that act of the surface of the circus. I know that that's the way it is for me. I know that everyone that I've volunteered with and have participated in events with and have mission tripped with always feels the same way. So my prayer is that this year and every year thereafter is one where the focus is on what we give rather than on what we receive, not just on Christmas morning, but every day. My prayer is that if you aren't doing it already, that you get out there and serve in our community and take your little ones with you. Let them see what reality is for some people and empower them to know there's always something that can be done to make things better for others if they are intentional about it. More than anything, my prayer is that despite the challenges we face this year, you are counting your blessings, grateful for each and every one of them, and that you all have a very Merry Christmas.